Earlier this year, we hosted our first annual Bright Wings Poetry Contest. This was an idea we had to give the poets and writers in our community an opportunity for their voice to be heard, to invest in them a financial gift, and help put their work in front of a larger audience. To be sure we had a thoughtful, diverse, and comprehensive method of reviewing the submissions, I brought in professional poets Joel Maccaro and Amy Arezio as our panel judges. You may recall previous episodes on the podcast with both Amy and Joel, or if you attended the 2018 The Breath in the Clay event, you would remember Joel's incredible opening poem called Welcome Home. Today on the show, I have Amy here with me to share her thoughts and insights on this process and to introduce our grand prize winner, Nadine Ellsworth Moran. Amy, thank you for coming back on the show today. It's an honor to have you with us here again. I'm thrilled to be here. This is my jam. (laughs) Nerding out about poetry, chatting with you. I love it. Yeah. Well, you're part of the crew now. You're stuck. (laughs) I'm so for that. Yeah. Well, you know, this was such an incredible learning experience for me, uh, just hosting a poetry contest, because usually poetry contests are conducted by magazines or by journals or literary magazines, you know, and, but, you know, we never play by the rules. We always step out of the box and try different things. And so we thought this would be a great way uh, just to get our community of poets and writers involved. And I think it turned out wonderful. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I mean, this was our first time hosting a poetry contest. And so we didn't know what kind of response we would get. I was thinking we might get around 20 or 25 submissions, but as it turned out, we ended up reading over 300 poems. <laughs> and I know, uh, I remember when I sent Joel Macaro that last batch of poems, he was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Joel was particularly effusive in his comments about the, <laughs> the yes. number of poems. <laughs> yes. There were a lot there. I was surprised. I mean, it, it was daunting to read through that many poems, of course, mm-hmm. but more than anything, I was thrilled at just the interest there. It was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and there really were so many good ones as we've talked about before, but just just so many incredible submissions. It it made the process very challenging for sure. Hmm. It did. You know, I was sad to see uh, or to know, I guess, that a number of poems that I felt strongly about wouldn't be seen by our audience mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. right now. But yes. um, I really believe in them, and they're you know when you read a poem you really love, it's like your little your little baby. You just you want to hold it and keep it close <laughs> to you forever. But I really <laughs> believe so in in a lot of the poems that they're going to find their home because they're they are so strong. Yes, and you know also the thing that was pretty amazing for me is that now I've connected to all of these incredible poets. Mm-hmm. And so for future events like the Breath in the Clay Creative Arts Gathering, we've got ideas for pairing poets with visual artists. So this was really just an introduction and not a finish line. Yeah, I love that idea of like pivoting it into collaboration. I also think just running this by you for the first time, we should Ooh, at like some this. point publish some kind of anthology. Yes, I think that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> <laughs> We've thought about it before, but now hearing you suggest it, maybe it'll push us that direction a little bit. In the 2020s, I'm calling it. That's right. <laughs> well, and just so our listeners know, you can go to makersandmystics.com slash brightwings and you can read the winning poems from our three chosen winners and also check out our list of runner-ups. And um, like you were saying, there were so many strong poems, uh, we decided to go ahead and place 10 runner-ups that we chose on the website that has links to them as well. And so we have the grand prize winner, 
Nadine, who will be reading her poem on this episode in just a little bit. And then also Hannah Watson and Christina Ernie, which are our second place and third place winners as well. You can uh, read their biographies, see their pictures and connect with their winning poems on makersandmystics.com. But you know, one thing I experienced that was challenging for me in this process is because as a community leader and as an advocate for the arts, it was very difficult for me choosing three winners uh, because it also meant not choosing so many other incredible poems, as you were saying. But, you know, one thing that just went through my mind that I wanted to ask you about is I know that you've submitted your poetry to so many contests over the years, I would imagine, because you're a published author now. How have you learned to deal with those times when your work isn't chosen? How do you keep resilient and not take it personal? Yeah, I, yeah, it never feels good to receive that email in your inbox that's like, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> or um, we regret to inform you that, you know, it never feels good when you see that sentence straight away. But um, I, I haven't submitted to a lot of contests, but a lot um, of publications, journals, magazines, a couple of presses. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, like I said, it never feels good. Something that my writer friends and I kind of made a pact to do for a little while, which I was a, a really bolstering process was we decided to encourage each other when we got a rejection, we would just forward the rejection along or just send a group email or text thread like, hey, I got rejected three times this week. Um, and we would all celebrate that <laughs> because it was an indication that we were moving forward as writers and taking ourselves seriously as writers as well. So that was one like fun way to deal with rejection was just to, sh- to share it and celebrate you know, the process of being brave and, mm-hmm. and putting your work out into the world. Um, mm-hmm. I think consistent rejection can also be constructive. Like let's say you're submitting over and over and over again and you're never, your work is never getting accepted. I think it's good. It, it might just be the case that the, the publications you're sending your pieces to or contests or presses, they're just not a good match um, aesthetically. It could be that, that that's the case. It's a style thing, Mm -hmm. but it also could be a good process of just reexamining your work and asking for feedback outside of um, professional publications, maybe um, creating a community of writers or finding a few people you trust whose, you know, eye and taste you trust Mm -hmm. and just kind of workshopping your work and saying, Hey, is there, something that can be done here so that my work does feel um, more ready for publication. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's constructive either way, even though it is, it never feels good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always tough. And you use the word brave, you know, that uh, when you're talking about just submitting, and I think that is such an appropriate word. It does take an act of bravery mm-hmm. and it's a very vulnerable thing because you're putting something of your heart, something of your passion out there in front of strangers to essentially judge and to critique and to look over. And uh, so I do commend everybody that submitted to the Bright Wings contest because yeah. it did take a lot of bravery and, and uh, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, one thing that I enjoyed about this process, we've talked a lot about how it was challenging But one thing that was really cool for me is that this gave us the opportunity to put some people in the spotlight that haven't really been in the spotlight before with their work. And as a matter of fact, Nadine, who is the winner of the contest, when I knew that she was the one that was being chosen, I started looking around on the internet for her work and I couldn't find her work anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I looked for an Instagram account. I was looking for all these places to connect with her in a deeper way. 
and she just wasn't there. And that just intrigued me all the more. I was like, wow, where is her work? And, you know, uh, Nadine Ellsworth Moran is her full name. And she's a Presbyterian minister in Georgia. And uh, you can read about her on makersandmystics.com. She has a degree in political science, European studies, Christian education, and divinity. And she has had her essays and poems appear in certain periodicals and certain magazines. Um, But it was just really cool for me to have a part in helping to put her work, which I think is so incredible, Mm -hmm. in front of another audience. I know. I feel feel honored. I'm going to, that's going to be a claim to fame for me personally. I'm going to put that on my resume. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was the judge of a contest for That's Nadine right. just because, yeah, I had never heard of her either. And the rest of even the work that she, cause she, I think she submitted three mm-hmm. poems mm-hmm. and her other two were, um, I thought just as magnificent as the, the one that was ultimately the winner kind of blew me off the couch. I was that, which is where I was re- for context, where I was reading <laughs> all the <Yeah>. poems, <laughs> but I was like, wow. Yeah. And and then when you mentioned that you couldn't find her anywhere on the internet, I was like, this, how is this possible? So yeah, really exciting to be part of a process where um, some pretty magnificent poets get to have a little bit of a spotlight or a platform for Mm -hmm. the good work they're doing. And I just want to encourage everyone to go to makersandmystics.com and uh, you'll see the Brightwings link at the top of the page and you can connect with Nadine's work there. You could read along as you listen to the episode. Uh, We've also got Hannah Watson and Christina Ernie listed there and both of their poems were amazing. And I think I was joking with you and Joel through the process because I was like, where are the men? You know, (laughs) it's like, I mean, we we certainly had some great male poets that entered the contest, but I think it's wonderful. We had three ladies that ended up winning uh, all three spots, and, and that was wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm proud of the, the women who won. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and turn the mic around and let Nadine read her poem for us. This is called A View from My Window While Attending a Conference. I think a homeless person lives behind my dorm. From my window, I see colored objects I can't quite make out. Maybe a lean-to, a campsite, too far to tell. Do the trees grow eyes after dark? I amend my theory. The objects never move. Perhaps a place of remembrance for one who died beneath that pinion pine. I don't like being so close to death when I sleep. At night, I hear coyote pups yipping. I picture them leaping and dancing beneath the tree in unfettered coyote ecstasies. I have a nightmare. Wild dogs are trying to tear me apart. Do coyotes know how to send dreams? I search for the tree and its objects. A strange assemblage is found, half a red lacquered guitar, minus strings and fretboard antler protruding from its shorn side, another on the ground, dried seed pods, pieces of broken blue ceramic, a bird's nest of twigs and thistledown inside a green gazing ball. What peculiar God answers to this shrine? This I don't know, but we try to make them anyway, controlled by bone and branch and bits of glass, We build our altars and pray to our carefully curated deities, 
bring our offerings of things we won't miss. Avoid the sacrifice. I pack all my things back in a suitcase, curious objects of my ordinary life gleaned along the way. At home, I will arrange them again beneath the dogwood tree. We take our altars everywhere. Wow. So, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my favorite line of that entire poem is the last one. We take our altars everywhere. Yeah, that was a perfect gut punch that you need at the end of a poem. So good. Yeah. It, and the music of the poem overall, mm-hmm. I thought was mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Um, the poem isn't really sing-songy, mm-hmm. but there's still a music to it. There's still a cadence to it that yeah. hits you sideways, which is my favorite kind of poem. <laughs> hmm Yeah. I love her stanza six, too. What peculiar God answers to this shrine? This I don't know, but we try to make them anyway. Mm-hmm. Controlled by bone and branch and bits of glass, we build our altars and pray to our carefully curated deities, bring our offerings of things we won't miss, mm-hmm. avoid the sacrifice. Oh, it's so good. So good. It, the... It, the details with the you know the bone and the branch it makes it feel visceral Mm -hmm. even though you know it's the poem is it's about spirituality and i also love that it's it's about spirituality and humanity but it's not sentimental right or didactic there's so much power there exactly i love that it leaves room for you to have your own experience with it and Mm -hmm. The poem leaves room for the reader. And I think that's a, at least in my mind, that's such a, a quality that I love is when, whether it's a visual artist or a musician or a poet, when the artist leaves room for the audience to have their own encounter with it. Absolutely. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's my favorite too. Lots of light and space around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allowing the, the reader to kind of flood in with their own ideas. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. Yeah. I also like that she took a really static scene and kind of unfolded it. Yeah. For the reader, yeah. you know, like she um there are layers of meaning attached to the poem that you can feel, but again, you can create your own meaning. But mm-hmm. I think that's what great art does so well. It takes something fairly ordinary like a just a view outside the window. Mm-hmm. Or just a a tree and objects beneath a tree, and it just there there's all of this attached to it all of a sudden. And obviously, this is mm-hmm. like a meta bigger conversation, but it just it opens it opens us up to view the ordinary and um, with different eyes. Yes. Well, I want to encourage all of our listeners, and I want to encourage all of the poets and the writers that submitted to the Brightwings poetry contest to continue going to not give up to keep pressing in to keep writing you know i think it was uh maybe it was stephen king i'm not sure who it was but i know that was uh one of those famous writers that basically tacked every rejection letter he had ever gotten i think it was on, him was it stephen king <laughs> I'm yeah <pretty> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah he just tacked them all on the wall and you know just kind of stick it to the man <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and i want to encourage that tenacity in all of the artists in our community and everyone listening to the podcast that you know, there's greatness inside of you, and if you just continue persevering and you don't give up, the art that's inside of you will find its place. And 
you have to keep doing it because you can't not do it, you know? And so I want to leave us with a quote from the poet Rilke along those lines. And this is in his first letter in the book Letters to a Young Poet. And are you familiar with this book? I am. Yes, uh, of course. (laughs) But he says, um, there is only one way, go within. Search for the cause, find the impetus that bids you write. Put it to this test. Does it stretch out its roots in the deepest place of your heart? Can you avow that you would die if you were forbidden to write? Above all, in this most silent hour of your night, ask yourself this, must I write? Dig deep into yourself for a true answer. And if it should ring its assent, if you can confidently meet this serious question with a simple, I must, then build your life upon it. It has become your necessity. Your life in even the most mundane and least significant hour must become a sign, a testimony to this urge. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that so good? Yeah, why didn't yeah. that cross stitch on a pillow? <laughs> I know. Amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us in the Bright Wings contest and also for Joel who couldn't be with us today. Mm-hmm. My thanks to both of you guys for jumping on and being panel judges. Um, hoping to have you with us at the Breath and the Clay in March or at one of our upcoming events. And for everyone that's not familiar with, with Amy's work here, be sure to go back and listen to our episode called Quench, where Amy goes into her own writings. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy that also. So thank you so much, Amy. Thanks, Stephen. And one more time, thanks to everyone who participated in our first annual Bright Wings Poetry Contest. You can go to makersandmystics.com and sign our email list and get updates for future contests and for future live events. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Makers and Mystics. And we'll see you again next week with our next full interview episode.